It's time for episode 20 of the Clockwise Podcast from the editors of Tech Hive, PC World, and Macworld, recorded December 18, 2013. Clockwise, four guests, four topics, 30 minutes. Welcome to Clockwise, the lump of coal in your podcast stocking. You know what you did, Dan Morin. I, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Innocent uh, of all charges. All right, Dan Morin, you are my co-host. I'm Jason Snell, and we are once again going to talk about four different technology topics, and we're going to keep it short to under a half an hour like we always do on Clockwise. And I would like to introduce my first guest to my left virtually from New York City. It is Tech Hive staff writer Caitlin McGarry. Hi, Caitlin. Hi, everyone. Good to have you. Thanks for having me. And to my left... They're actually sitting next to each other, but it it, it breaks the premise of the show. Totally, totally messing up stuff. Uh, (laughs) Well, you know, it's the last show of the season. We can get away with this. To my left is uh, Tech Hive staff writer Evan Dushevsky. Hi, Evan. Hey, everybody. All right. This is a very East Coast biased uh, panel here. Yeah, you're the odd man out, Jason. I know. Yeah, East Coast is the best coast. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, sure. East Coast is the least coast. West Coast is the best coast. In your face, East Coast. Oh, I'm outnumbered. I shouldn't say that. You guys are great. (laughs) And since I am the guy who read the introduction this week, I'm going to go first. And my topic's pretty simple. As we record this, Apple just announced that their Made in the USA Mac Pro is going to be uh, shipping tomorrow, shipping on the 19th of December, because... There are people out there who want that $3,000 computer under their tree. Uh, I don't think those people exist, actually. But I wanted to ask, um, does this does this product matter? Does the Mac Pro matter? It's a high-end computer. It's certainly interesting. It's shaped like kind of a trash can. There's a lot of interesting things about it. But it's very expensive. And, and there was a time when lots of so-called power users uh, used Mac Pros or Power Max before in the day. Uh, but over time, you know, it's become less and less uh, relevant, I think, for most users. And people have switched to laptops or they've switched to things like iMacs that are, that are all-in-ones. I, so I'm wondering, you know, I know that hot, hardcore Mac people are going to be really excited about the Mac Pro. And Apple's making a lot of hay with the fact that this is something that's assembled in Austin, Texas. It's their first um, Mac assembly in the U.S. in years. I'm just wondering, uh, you know, does this product have, you know, why is this product important or, or is it important? And let's uh, start with Caitlin. Well, I think it's important, but I have to say I have no use for a Mac Pro. It, it looks fantastic, and I'd love to know someone who has one so I can play around with it a little bit. But, um, yeah, I have, you know, MacBook Air, I have my iPad, my iPhone, and, and that pretty much does it for me. So if you're, if you're a power user, I think it would be a fantastic buy, but I, I'm just not. I used to fancy myself a power user. Now I just fancy myself. Uh, and (laughs) not here. Um, so I, I have a power Mac G3 sitting as I like at the base of this desk, as I'm standing here talking, it looks very lonely and sad and blue. Um, literally why so blue power Uh, Mac? (laughs) Hey, um, but in recent years, I've, you know, I switched to laptop only for a long time and now I have an iMac that I use, uh, mainly for work stuff, uh, and those computers have gotten so powerful, and the kind of tasks that we do with them have become less intensive in many ways, so that you've kind of hit a middle point 
where you don't need as powerful a computer to accomplish all the things you want to do in a day. And the stuff that I want to do in a day has diminished so that I'm not doing as much of this, you know, crazy high end activities that I feel like I used to. I mean, I used to do more video editing and things like that, which actually require a lot of horsepower. Um, but you know, an iMac or even a, even my lowly 11 inch MacBook air will handle those tasks with a plum. So I feel that as cool as the new Mac pro is, you know, for what it is, I don't probably need it. And especially at the price that it's coming in, it's more of a luxury that I could skip this time around. But that said, I I agree with Caitlin that it looks really cool and I'd love to play around with one at some point. I just probably don't need one on my desk. Uh, this will make some great Pixar movies. Um, <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> this is going to be more of a stature sort of thing. I'm sure Kanye West will be bad one. Um, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's more of just something that um, you know you'll see in the high end uh, sort of studios or for people who just want you know to show off what they have but uh, i agree with uh, dan that you know the, i have an 11 inch uh, macbook air and it'll handle everything i need to do just fine so there's you know why not have a laptop uh, if you can you know go out into the world with all that power and then you know be stuck to your desk yeah i got an 11 inch air too and i was editing audio in logic last night and it was like 20 different uncompressed audio tracks and it was fine and it's kind of like, yeah, the, you're right. Great Pixar uh, movies will be made with it. Um, I like the Made in the USA story in the sense that Apple is trying to say there are things that we can produce in the United States. Uh, you know, a lot of the components are from Asia, but they're they're building it in Texas. And I think that's a cool story. And it does look cool. So there's lots of – I fear – uh, and maybe this isn't a bad thing. Maybe this is actually what Apple um, wants, is that this is the product everybody agrees is really cool and that very, very few people actually buy. And it's almost like a like a, like a supercar, a, a, a car that, uh, you know, the car makers yeah, concept, make. Concept car. Yeah, yeah. yeah or, or, or the even ones that they produce. And it's like, we made 100 of them. <laughs> it's oh, right, like, everybody's right. really excited about them, but nobody actually buys it. So maybe that's what this is. And uh, maybe that's okay. Anyway, thanks for sharing. And uh, we'll see what that little black track can is like when it uh when it ships and we can test it so all right uh, that we should move on to the next topic and uh caitlin it's your turn all right well this week facebook announced that it's rolling out auto playing video ads um which many consider sort of the bane of the internet um but i'm wondering if this will make people uh finally turn away from facebook find another social network if this is really you know the straw that breaks the user's back, so to speak. Um, I'm betting no, personally, but people really do hate auto-playing ads, so I'm curious as to as to what user reaction will be. First, let me say, there's nothing more abhorrent than auto-play video ads. They're literally <laughs> the worst thing invented ever. And if you'd like uh, to see some examples of them, I can think of some websites <laughs> that offer them. I don't even know what you're talking about. I, it's really, really puzzling. Um, I not a not a Facebook user. Uh, I'm not a Facebook user, so I I don't think this will necessarily. I mean, I guess it makes me even more convinced to not really be much of a Facebook user because it's like, well, you're not selling me on this. Uh, you're actually literally selling me. Um, so I I think that 
it's hard to get people motivated about this sort of thing, even if you really hate autoplay ads, as we all do. Um, Facebook has such an entrenched presence that I, I don't know that this will be the watershed moment that gets everybody up to throw up their hands and sort of walk away. But it, it is certainly another straw on the camel's back, and you might get closer and closer to having their users realize that eh, maybe Facebook doesn't really you know, want our business so much uh, because they're doing all these things that are very user hostile. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know about how that would go. But yeah, on the upside, you can always find a way to block flash video ads auto from autoplaying. And I think we have some lovely stories about that on Macworld.com, if you look. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just uh, coincidentally. Yeah, I, who knows? Uh, no, this will not kill Facebook. Um, I, you know, I think we have a lot of experience with auto playing ads. Like, you know, if you go to CNN.com, they'll have video, uh, playing off in the background. Now, do we actually know if it will, um, add sound if your mouse goes over it? Cause no, you yeah. have to, you have to click on it, which okay. is kind of another thing. It, it's like, what ad is so compelling that you'd actually want to click to hear it. <laughs> yeah. The one thing I would be concerned about is on mobile, because this will be on the mobile app as well, is yes. that, you know, you accidentally click things when you're swiping through. So I think it could make it very easy to uh, turn on an, an ad. Um, so uh, if that does happen, then that will hurt Facebook. But uh, if you're able to ignore it, then I think Facebook will be just fine. I don't think it's going to kill Facebook by, by any stretch. But I do think, like Dan said, there's this incremental issue here. And um, I think Facebook's very metrics oriented. I think they're going to watch this and I think they're going to see what people, how people react to it. And they, they want to, you know, the thing about advertising is you, you want to catch somebody's eye, uh, but you also don't want to turn them off. And I think that there are lots of ways to create rich advertising on the internet. That's fine because people who people want to see it, the, the real funny thing now, and it's distorted and it's going to go away. And we've, we've said this, I mean, our site is, is one of the auto players too. our, our, our three sites. So, um, What's happening right now is that there's great demand for video advertising on the internet because it's more effective and, uh, than, uh, than sort of display ads. And that's great, except that there's not enough, you know, there are not enough plays. There just aren't. There are not enough people are clicking because there are so many people and there are so many videos and there's so much demand. And that's how the math works. And it, that's just sort of how it is right now. I think that it's um, going to be a fad like everything else. It's going to go away. People are going to realize that's not the best way to do it. And the advertisers are going to say, we don't want to autoplay our video because nobody is looking until they click. When they click uh, and want to play it, then we get a good experience. So I feel like the video stuff is, you know, this is like another version of some of the early days of advertising on the web where some of it's going to be annoying and then some of it's going to be good. And I think Facebook's going to watch this closely and they're going to figure it out and they're going to figure out what works and, and what doesn't. Yeah, we all rolled our eyes in the, in the office yesterday when they described this as a way for um, for advertisers to tell stories. For you know <laughs> that, that is the great t- tradition of cavemen around the campfire telling epic tales. It's, no, it's an ad. Uh, that's what it, that's what it is. It's a new ad, and and it'll it, you know it'll stand or fall whether whether people use it. And the good news about things like advertising is they are very analytical uh, when it comes to the results. And if nobody likes it and it totally turns people off and it doesn't work, it will go away. So we'll see. But I'm sure Facebook is watching very carefully. Caitlin, back to you. Did we satisfy you there? I I think so. I think so. Um, I, back to your point about the the metrics. Um, Facebook is calling this a test still. Uh, uh-huh. So they're testing it with uh, a new movie coming out, which you know, movie ads people 
tend to like more because they're, you know, trailers, which are fun to watch. But we'll see what happens. You know, nothing I hate worse on going to YouTube or something, though, and having it be an ad for something and they do a pre-roll ad in front of it. And they're like, no, I don't want to see an ad before I watch your ad. That's where I draw the line. Incidentally, if you want a really good take on video ads, uh, the XKCD webcomic for, uh, as we record this Wednesday, December 18th, has an excellent (laughs) comic strip that you should go read right now. It's great. Pause it. Not you guys, because you guys are on the podcast. (laughs) Yes, we're... We're very busy right now. <laughs> yes, go read it and then and then come back and press play when you're done reading the XK CD strip. Dan, it's your turn. My turn. Well, we are wrapping up the year, and as 2013 comes to a close, I wanted to ask you guys if there was anything in particular that you're really excited to see in 2014. This could be something that you know has been announced but it hasn't come out yet, or just some sort of technology that you think 2014 is the year that this will finally finally catch on evan what's exciting about 2014 to you i may be embarrassed to put this on record but i am uh, excited about the curved phones coming our way there's going to be the lg g flex <laughs> and then uh samsung round i believe is it will be coming out or some form of samsung curved uh phone um now the reason i'm excited is that i just think the flex in particular i have not gotten hands on with it, it looks kind of cool and sleek and i think it actually will make a better experience for getting rid of glare and it's just a new form factor that can work the other reason is that um samsung has shown out the their curved screen technology they'll be able to you know add notifications to the side of your um of your phone and other things so i think there's going to be new things to play with now that being said uh, this might just be a, a silly novelty and i will be embarrassed that this is on record a year from now <laughs> <laughs> we're all going to uh, remember this. Yeah, we, yeah, we we're going to mark. That's a mark against Evan. Wow, wow. <laughs> yeah. screens, I, I don't know where to go from that. I, I, what I'll say is this: um, I think 2014 is going to be the year where we finally get uh, high resolution displays on the desktop. They're going to be expensive, but I think they're going to happen. Uh, as a MacBook Air user, I, I'm hopeful that there will be a Retina MacBook Air in 2014. But I'm also excited to see you know companies doing 24, 27 inch. Uh, 2x screens, screens that bring that that uh, beautiful high res screen that we're used to seeing on our devices, our mobile devices, to the to the computer desktop. Because I would love to have uh, high res Retina style displays everywhere, and there, you know, that that Mac Pro we talked about supports that, um, and, and yet it's unclear what displays are coming. And I think that's 2014 story is we're gonna. Um, I suspect that Apple is going to leave 2014 with nothing left that isn't a high-res display. Uh, and I, I hope that's true, and I hope the whole industry keeps pushing in that direction because it's sure nice to not see the pixels. So I'm hoping to to not see the pixels anymore when we leave 2014. Well, I am buying a TV for the first time in years. I, I can't even... I'm too embarrassed to even say the last time I bought a TV. So let's just say it's been a really long time. Um, and I'm also going to CES in a couple weeks. So... That tends to be the time when, you know, the manufacturers showcase the most ridiculous TVs that will probably never come to market. Um, but I, I'm excited to see if there's anything interesting. Uh, 4K is a little bit out of my, just a little bit out of my bit. price range. 5D? Just, yeah, you know. Six, just, 6D TVs are coming, but yeah, all yeah. the Ds. <laughs> all the Ds. <laughs> um, so CES is always good to see, you know, the amazing TVs that no one will buy. And hopefully I'll get 
a, a good idea of what I actually want because I don't, I don't even know right now. So it's, I'm taking suggestions. <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty good one. TV is always always moving forward. I'm gonna say and, and like Evan, maybe I'm ashamed to put this on the record, but um, I'm gonna say 2014. Bring on the smartwatches. I want more. Huh. I want I want smartwatches on on every arm. I want oh, multiple smartwatches on an arm. <laughs> no. Well, I, 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 <laughs> Dan, how do you feel about smart anklets? <laughs> I that that sounds like a prison thing. I'm not really comfortable with that. Um, I I have to say I, I don't know if Apple will release or talk about or even actually have a smartwatch next year. But if they do, I'm really really interested to see it because I, I've used I've got a Pebble which I've been using and it, it keeps getting a little bit better. As it goes along, they add more features and they sort of, yeah. you know, get rid of bugs and stuff like that. It's more and more promising. But I feel like, you know, if anybody could do this right, Apple with its high amount of integration between software and hardware and the fact that it's got such a powerful ecosystem in iOS, I feel they could really knock this one out of the park if they chose to do so and decided it was worth their time. So that, that's what I want to see in 2014. You guys know that we're recording this, right? <laughs> <laughs> all right it's on the wait record. hold on <laughs> so we'll just get all, all of that out people will be like what do they predict i don't know the bleeps <laughs> it sounded yeah, good okay. except for the bleeps. it was part. great it's great yeah okay yeah evan what do you what's your topic for us today sure well as we're coming up on the end of the year it's a good you know time to look backwards but or a good time to look forwards but also a good time to look backwards uh so specifically um you know, i was wondering what would 2003 uh, you the version of you think of the technology that we're seeing in 2013 when specifically what would you know surprise you or take you aback the most now for me that would be how uh, voice activization or how we can actually converse with our computers has really evolved i just remember the uh, you know talk to type software from 10 years ago and how horrible it was and as compared to you know something like Google Now now which can you know just recently I was having a conversation with someone about the uh, actor Javier Botet I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing his name correctly he's the actor who played Mama in the movie Mama and uh, and the monster at the end of REC he basically plays monsters because he has a condition called uh, Marfan syndrome which makes you very tall and very flexible so he's just and very skinny so I was able to search uh, Javier Botet, if I am pronouncing that correctly, and Marfan syndrome, and Google now on the very first try understood me and even you know uh, properly capitalized those words. Um, and the same thing recently happened when I searched for the uh, Russian basketball player Andrei Kirilenko, which is a mess of syllables and words and letters, uh, but it got it right. So it just uh, I, I would be I was I was very pleasantly surprised to see how far that technology has come. And uh, I guess I'll send that over to Jason. Wow, yeah, that that's really good. It, it, it's great. You don't even need to know how to spell or pronounce his name mm-hmm. because Google now figures it out. Yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. That's really cool. I you know I want to say as I look at my 11 inch MacBook Air as a as a laptop user from way back, I want to say that I would have been blown away by how powerful and small and light these uh, laptops are. But let's be serious. I was using a laptop then, and I'm using a laptop now. That's not changed very much. It, you know the obvious answer here is the mobile devices. So I'm going to say I'm going to say my um, Retina iPad Mini is the thing that that I would be most taken aback by. The phone I would get at least I I had a phone in 2003, and it might even have been a smart-ish phone at the time. I'm not sure, but uh, you know, like a Palm or something. But so I would have I would have been like, okay, it's a phone. Wow, it's really amazing. And okay, it's a laptop. Wow, it's really amazing. That tablet. 
I would be like, what is that? That isn't like any device that I have in, you know, in my arsenal right now. Uh, and then, of course, it would have the high-res screen and it would have the web browser and have all these other features and the cellular uh, networking in it. And, and uh, I, so I think if I had to wrap it up in a single product – uh, that would blow me away. It would be that. And if it was a single technology, I would. I'm going to go back to the the high res screens. I think that the high res screen thing we've kind of eased into it a little bit. But if you can think back to that first moment that you saw something that had a 250, 300 DPI screen, like the original iPhone. Uh, what was it? The iPhone. Which one was the first Retina iPhone? iPhone four. Um, that, that, that moment of the super high res screen where you're like, wow, that just looks like it was printed on paper. Uh, that would be the thing that in a moment I would be amazed by the fact that it was a screen, but it was also that high res. But if I had to take one product and throw it through a a wormhole to my, my past self, it would be that retina iPad mini because it's so tiny and so powerful and unlike any device that we had back, back then. So that's what I say. Caitlin. Well, I, when I think about 2003 me, I had a Nokia brick, um, very, very stylish. I had a multitude of cases to, you know, change it up a little bit. Um, I could text my friends and that's pretty much all I could do. Um, so now when I think about the idea of on-demand apps, you can get anything. You can get food, you can get a car to your house in three minutes, you can find um, a place to stay on Airbnb, you know, all of these apps that you can just get anything. And I don't think, I think that I thought it was possible back then, but now it's such a part of my life that it's hard to imagine a time when that wasn't possible. Um, And when Evan posed this question and I thought about the phone that I had in 2003, I, I think of it fondly. I mean, it, it, you know, it really, it you really called a phone, the brick. No, it wasn't actually called the brick. It had some, it was Nokia, Nokia, Nokia series of numbers, you know how they are. Um, but I, I could barely text on this thing. Like I would sit in class and, and try to, you know, I couldn't text too much cause it costs too much. So, um, and times, man, times really have changed. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go in the opposite direction and say, uh, I would, I think 2003 would look at 2013 technology and say, how come email still sucks? Uh. <laughs> why, why is this so hard? We've been doing this for a long time now. How come they haven't come up with this awesome new way for me to do my email? Um, because my email is still terrible. Uh, I mean, I would be obviously amazed by all the wonderful technology that the rest of you have described. Just totally stunned, I'm sure. Um, but... I would also be really, really sad that there are still no flying cars. So, you know, you got to take the good with the bad when it comes to that kind of progress in technology. So I, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take in a little bit of more of a downer. Oh, wow, Dan. There. Sorry. I hope that hope that helps. Well, happy holidays, Dan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like the Power Mac. I'm pretty blue. Wow. Well, Evan, are you satisfied with our answers? No. <laughs> <laughs> Curved screens. Curved screens. See what I did? I, I I put us out on a downer note. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay. Well, let's try to let's try to brighten things back up since Dan has killed all enthusiasm for everything <laughs> with his answer. Um, it's it's bonus question time. This is where we ask a question that is not on topic. 
Uh, and uh, that's how we always like to end the show. So it's a holiday-themed bonus question, and i just like to know, um, New Year's Eve is coming, and that's a fun, it's a fun holiday. We celebrate the continued advancement of days and the rotation of the Earth and its re- revolution around the sun, but it's a nice thing to say, to flip the calendar and, and, uh, and go on, and everybody gets to participate who honors the calendar that we do. So I'm just wondering, <laughs> do you do anything special for New Year's Eve, Caitlin? Well, this year is my first New Year's in New York City. Um, I've done New Year's in San Francisco and Vegas. So I'm hoping that New York will top both of those. But I don't know. Vegas on New Year's is pretty pretty over the top. So um, I'm hoping to find some crazy only in New York New Year's experience. And I'm pretty sure I'll I'll be disappointed because I'm putting way too much emphasis on it. But, you know, if anyone has ideas, I'm I'm open to them. Dan, don't mention that Dick Clark is dead, by the way. I know you want to bring <laughs> Oh her, God, why? Don't want I know you want to bring us down. Don't tell Kate wow. on that, okay? Wow. Too soon. Okay. Too soon. Dan, what do you think? Uh, I was going to say I my friends and I have a time honored tradition where we all get together and say let's go out and do something and then we stay home and play board games and drink. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> so, you know, that uh, uh, the disapproval from Caitlin there was really it ends up being fun. You're doing it wrong, Dan. You're doing it wrong. All right, I'm doing it wrong. It's true. I'm old. It's cool. Um, usually, my wife and I will go out to, or have at least the last few years, just gone out to dinner and you know, watch the, the the year come in. Uh, this year, we have a newborn, yeah. and um, babies are lame when it comes to going out and partying. So lame. Very lame. Um, so I think this year we might do an early dinner and take the kid out, and then um, be old people and stay home and watch some something happen on TV. You should force your baby to stay awake and watch the ball drop with you guys. I mean, he'll, he'll have no problem being awake. But yeah. Yeah. He'll, he'll totally remember that, too, which would be great. <laughs> Babies are really Not great so at being up late. <laughs> Actually, they're, 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 or, or is it that they're really great at being awake when you're not? I, I'm not quite sure. Um I'm also an old person, as as this is the trend. Sorry, Caitlin. Um, uh, but you guys are letting me down. So, Come on. So we have, um, strangely, where I live, there are a lot of English people here, and uh, some of our friends who are English have a they have a party every year where they watch the uh, the New Year. They ring in the New Year when it's the new year in London. So it's like a dinner party and we get to count down and we have little little crackers and stuff, little English things. And that's kind of fun because our kids can go and they're they're wide awake because they're, you know, knocked out by midnight uh, Pacific time. And so that's actually b- turned into a fun little a little thing. And then we have another friend who likes to invite us to a party at their place that's more uh, toward midnight. And so we'll go over there. So we actually get to ring in the new year at least twice. Uh, at two different houses, which is pretty awesome, and uh, and so I, I like that. That's that's uh, the English New Year, so you get it, you get to do it twice. And if you if, and if you go in uh, on New York, then you get to say Happy New Year three times, which is cheating. I realize, and yet you know I don't care. So uh, <laughs> so even though I'm an old person, uh, you know, and I, yeah, two parties. I know. That, I mean, you're doing it up. I know. You're doing but it up. you know, the good thing about the London thing is, if you get tired later, you're like, I already said Happy New Year. It's fine. I'm going to go to sleep now. But uh, <laughs> but no, it's fun. And then my wife and I, um, and this is the old person part too, is we like to watch uh, when Harry met Sally. Uh, around that time there are lots of pivotal scenes set at Christmas and New Year's in that movie and it's a beloved romantic comedy so we try to we try to break that out if not on New Year's Eve if we're if we're at home and not at a party then in a day or two before so those are the those are the traditions for me old and new 
All right. And we are at the end of our time. We are under 30 minutes, which is always good because that means I don't have to edit the podcast to be under 30 minutes and it gets everybody else back to their their lives. So, so uh, Caitlin McGarry, thank you so much for being on from New York. You've been on in San Francisco before, but now we've got the great New York uh, office studio set up working so we can hopefully have you guys on again soon. Yes, we Tech, can't wait. Tech High for East represent. Yeah, absolutely. And Evan Dushevsky, thank you too for being on. Woohoo! Thank you from those great New York studios. <laughs> from the New York studios, I, I, I can actually hear like traffic and stuff. It's really exciting. It's like live from New York. <laughs> Here they are. It's not Saturday night. It's clockwise, and it's a half an hour. Dan, happy New Year to you! And it's been a nice first year for Clockwise. It's been a great first year, and I can't wait to see what 2014 has in store for us. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's so positive of you. <laughs> I'm sure it will be awful. Mr. Negative. Uh, all right, so until then, we are just about out of time. So everybody here at Clockwise likes to say Happy New Year and watch what you say. And keep watching the clock. Or calendar. It counts down to a brand new year. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye.